0: Jordan a and I think see my third. Jordan what is going on, D-Gen Nation? Tyler Tambolin here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast this week for the farmers. And we've got no Kenny Kim. We actually have no confirmation. I did get a text from a guy named Kenny Kim in my phone, same number, but with last week going with the image only, not in person, and then this week the magical food poisoning, I'm not quite sure how Kenny's doing or if he's locked in a basement or what. But hopefully he's doing okay. Got our main man, the resident fill-in, Mr. Ryan Bearoff at our bearoff 427 on Twitter of the Golf Landia podcast with Matthew Wiley, which is now back in business. Love to see that, Ryan. How you doing, man? And appreciate you filling in as always.
1: Yeah, as always, happy to be here. Sometimes for you, it's sometimes for Kenny. But uh, yeah, we got an awesome event, awesome golf course, in a stacked field. So let's get into it.
0: Yeah, for sure, and it's a great one. Like you said, finally, it feels like the the real start of the season now, right? It's a we still got a rotation on the courses. We got a north and a south. We'll get to it. Many people know Tory Pines very well. We'll have Ryan bring you some stuff on that later for those that don't know it. But back to the two-day cuts. Back to the, you know, it was much stronger fields, at least for what we saw. And we'll recap real quick like we always do here, but much different. You mentioned the field strength here. Last week, the leaderboard, we'll name some names. Of course, Hudson Swafford getting the W. Great story there with his dad passing a month ago and making it happen for him. All the stuff he brought up was really heartfelt down the stretch, sort of bringing it up as how he was there for him and helping him and everything he talked about after winning the event. But Hoagie Hodges, Harmon, Griffin, Molinari is back. McCarthy, you know, some of these other guys. Paul Barjon. Was in the mix, like not quite the uh, the leaderboard to be expected. ramen Cantley, Zalatoris, M. Guys like that were mixed in throughout, but I don't think anything was going to move the needle on the Sunday viewing with those football games going on. What were your thoughts of the Amex? How did it go for you? And any Swafford Peters doubles for you, Peters? Thomas <laughs> Peters getting the job done overseas. What are your thoughts on that as well?
1: Yeah, I mean, awesome to see. You know, he won late last year. I think. Look, not to uh, play into the narratives too much, but when guys like that miss a Ryder Cup, it does inspire them a little bit. I think Peters really wanted to be there at, at uh, Wilson Straits. Obviously, wasn't playing well, but he won right afterwards, won again. Uh, and I think we're going to see a lot more of it. You know, he'll obviously be in the majors. He'll now be in all the World Golf Championships as well. So, um, yeah, awesome to see that. And then Swafford, I didn't have Swofford, uh bet, but uh, myself, as would seem like everybody, he's a very popular DK play. It's, it's rare that it works out that well. Um, And so that made it a a slightly profitable week for me.
0: Yeah. It wasn't like they were like double digit ownership or anything, but guys like Swafford and Bramlett and all these guys at the bottom, Seemed to come through for once, right? That usually isn't the case. And then, of course, you had Rom and Cantley go back and forth over the weekend where oh Rom's gonna win this thing, and then oh, Rom's dead, it's gonna be Cantley shipping the thing now. Oh, wait, there's Will Zalatoris dropping a record or whatever he's doing out on the course. So it was one of those wild weekends where you kind of just got to chill out, wait for the final day, see what happens. And in the end, Swafford wins. If Kenny was on, I was gonna say to him, you know, is Hudson Swafford the new Harris English? Who was the new Webb Simpson or or what's the situation here with Swaffer? Do you see more of this or is this just sort of a one-time thing for him? Yeah, you know, it's
1: kind of interesting. We saw um, a lot of last year, especially towards the end of the year, like he was consistently up there with ball strikers, right? He was awesome. Um, But he couldn't get inside the top 20 or top 25 because he can't putt. And uh, as we saw on Sunday, he made some putts. He made everything he looked at, it seemed like, on that back nine. So... Um, no, I don't expect him to be a uh, prolific winner, but, you know, he'll probably get a couple more before he's done.
0: Yeah, getting back into the mix is always nice. The one other guy I want to ask you before we move on to the Lister League winners Zaku Zakamu. We'll get to him in a second, but Will Zalatoris, his name's going to come up when we get to this tournament. It already sounds like a popular, your favorite line, quote-unquote, first click. I see out there that there's some Will Zalatoris love. Got this, you know, the major last year, the this event itself last year, and now played well last week. And, look, usually – we, we followed Zalatoris. We know what he's about. Usually the the challenge for him on the web or corn fairy was the putter. And now last week is a totally different event. It's sort of a more of a go low event. And he showed up and was able to do that. Do you see any of that clicking for this week? Or is he going to be popular and get chalky and be the guy that breaks everyone's heart? What are you thinking here with Willie Z? Yeah. I mean, I think
1: he's, he's certainly going to be popular. Um, My first look, he's underpriced also. I think he's what, 9,200. He seems a little bit underpriced, but yeah, you know, if you're talking about a course that really requires driving distance, probably requires some experience, and it requires a short game, it doesn't scream Will Salah to me. <laughs> but he's great, and the model likes him. I will have some, but I'm I'm most likely going to be underweight. Um, as a tiebreaker, you know, you can look back and see that he missed the cut here at the U.S. Open last year, so uh, I will probably be underweight on on Zelotaurus.
0: Yeah, and I appreciate you correcting that because I said the major last year. What I meant was this particular event last year was T seven, yeah. and then of course yeah. last week showing up. And you know, I had someone say today, I think, oh, he's coming in hot. I said, if if he's coming in hot, then so is Lee Hodges. Like it's the say, you know, one <laughs> week's result. That's you're coming in hot with, but. I digress. We'll get to it. We're definitely going to go through the entire slate. As always, we'll get to that after. And I want to remind everyone before we get into listener league winner. This podcast slash show is brought to you by DraftKings. We will have a great offer for you guys later from DraftKings Sportsbook, still going on during the NFL playoffs, which also, by the way, we don't I noticed all these golf pods lately, Bear off, bringing the football conversation into it. Kenny obviously doesn't want to talk about it as often because the Washington football team is out. Mm-hmm long ago myself included the Ravens didn't even make it the Bengals did their thing and got in I know you're a Browns fan but what were your thoughts on those football games on Sunday I think that took away from the ownership even had it have been Rom versus Cantley in a playoff down the stretch I don't think anybody besides those that have two TVs as I highly recommend that you should do would have been tuning into it but what were your thoughts on the football games on Sunday
1: yeah I mean they were great I actually missed most of the Bucks game um, and it looked like a blowout but obviously they came back Uh, but I mean, that, that game last night was like the best game I've ever seen. And I think, uh, I think we're going to see more of that. You know, these teams, they're extremely physical, but they can also score quickly. Uh, and those quarterbacks are just so good. And it, you know, it just makes you realize when you have a guy like Baker Mayfield, I don't care how much he improves. Like he's never going to be that ever.
0: So yeah, that that is the challenge. And the (laughs) AFC North is tough. As you know, like you said, and you get the Bengals. Still rolling, man. I'm excited we get to see the repeat. That game was really good when the Bengals beat the Chiefs before. I think it'll be a little bit different story this time, personally, but I do like to see that. And Burrow, the swag king, as my boy Big T likes to call him, and I think he's right when you just see Smoke and Joe going with them guns around with the cigar in his mouth in the locker room, all that young talent gathered around him just pumping him up, and to see him go out and get the job done, their kicker announcing it to them apparently before. I'm not sure I fully believe the uh the – The Andy Reid, when things are grim, Mm -hmm. be the Grim Reaper. And then he goes out and gets the job done. I I don't think I believe that one, but I definitely believe Money McPherson going out and saying, it looks like we're going to the AFC Championship, boys, and then booting the kick. So incredible stuff. But we're here to talk golf. want to talk real quick about the Listener League winner. We got Zacamu, Z-A-C-A-M-U. Congratulations. Blew the field out, 629. The next closest was 601. He rolled, I don't know how many, I think you and I talked right after lock last week, Bear Off, about these Rom Cantley combinations and how I, you know, we looked it up. I know Mayo had tweeted out right away what is the number. And I went and looked it up on Fantasy Labs. They've got a great tool over there. You can check it out. And it shows the stack seeker for the tournament And it was 7.7% of the lineups ran Rom and Cantley together. And so did our listener league winner. He had Rom, Cantley, and then he rounded it out with Hoagie, Whaley. Davis, Riley, and of course, the eventual winner, Hudson Swafford, who was 7% owned here. I think that was par for the course across most tournaments, anyway, around that 7% range. Any thoughts on the lineup? Hoagie, Whaley, Riley, Swafford, and then just general strategy with running those two big dogs out at the top.
1: Yeah, I, I think that was the way to go. And, I mean, it didn't pan out in terms of them winning the tournament, obviously, but got lucky and Swafford did. Um, I built a ton like that. You know, I, I had a ton of Swafford, had a ton of Molinari. Had a ton of Bramlett, obviously. Uh, unfortunately, just a little bit too much Hayden Buckley. A little bit of Davis Riley, who shot about 96 on Sunday. And uh, a little bit of KH Lee, who didn't quite get there. But, uh, yeah, that was the build. And I think we saw a ton of those lineups when all the
0: GPDs. Yeah, and like you said, there was a few that missed out. Hayden Buckley, I'm sure there's a medicine joke there, right? Tastes like shit, and it didn't work this time. But you go back to some of the other guys, Bramlett, Riley, Whaley, like some of these other guys that people were happy to plug in, and they ended up working out. And then you look at some of the scoring. This is just a testament to the variance in golf that we see all of the time that not everybody fully believes in. But if you go look, Davis Riley, 82 DraftKings points in 59th place. John Rahm, 11,300. T14, seven strokes better. 87.5 DraftKings points, only 5.5 more points for all that extra cash, all that extra ownership, and beat them by seven strokes. But it didn't matter because Riley plugged two Eagles in, and then, you know, the double bogeys are worse, the double bogeys in general, you only lose a point or two or whatever across the board for those. So just goes to show how crazy it is. Shout out to Gup. Gup came in third there. Again, guys, with no Kenny here, remember the, the course preview and his cash game cornerstones will all be over there on Gup's Corner. he will have those posted for you guys. So check that out. Anything else on the Lister League before we move on there, Ryan?
1: No, it's a great team. I think uh, I think this week will be a little bit different. But then again, like if Rom wins, you'll probably see a double-stud team win again. So
0: Yeah, we'll definitely talk about that too because I think there is going to be some strategy involved with John Rom. I just saw Kyle Porter tweet it out right before we hopped on. In the five times Rahm has played Tory Pines, no surprise to anyone following along, but in the five times only 11 golfers have ever beat him across those rounds so it's obviously a place he knows loves crushes his first ever professional win in on the pga tour and then of course his first major last year after the memorial and covid withdraw up six strokes sort of fate if you will that he said so everything that went on there he loves his spot so we're definitely going to talk about him before we get into that ryan talk to me a little bit again doesn't have to be the kenny kim breakdown but just your thoughts Everything you know about the course, stats you're looking at, just things you think are important when we get into it. And then we'll talk some strategy when we get into the tiers later as well.
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, we talk about it all the time here, but uh, I do think it's a course where experience helps. Um, you don't have to be old. You don't have to play here a lot. But experience here certainly helps because uh, it's tough, right? The POA rough, the POA greens, course, it is extremely long. I mean, I think the South Course can stretch out to about 7,800. I doubt they'll play it that long, but uh, kind of the weather uh, uh, the weather conditions will kind of dictate how they play it. Um, but, yeah, so we pay attention with the weather, too, because you do have the one round at the north course, right? And that's the course that's scorable. So if we do have some kind of weather wave advantage, you know, you have to pay attention to that and make sure your guys play the north course on the easy day because that's where the scoring is going to happen. Even par plus one plus two on the south course, you're not out of it at all, right? You shoot one over on the North course, you're out of it. Um, And kind of interesting enough, you know, I was looking through the splits. We don't have strokes gain data from the North course. uh, But I was looking back uh, just at guys with a minimum of three rounds on the North course. Uh, Do you know who's gained the most strokes there? On the North course? Yeah. Jason Day. John (laughs) Romney. Of course. (laughs) And of course, we know how well he plays the South course. So uh, it's John Romney. I just think you got to figure out how to get different elsewhere.
0: Yeah. I think you couldn't have said it better. The stats, everything line up for it. We've, we've seen it in the past too. Like, you know, we joke about it all the time on this show, but Rom and Palmer because they partner up play together. They've all, always do well at Memorial together, things like that. And it kind of reminds me of that. And I think when I'm looking at stats here, strokes gained T to green, just in general is always important to me because it's more of who can do it. You know, we'll talk about John Rom later on. I believe it was, Piece of shit fucking setup putting contest week was his course. You did a great job there with the course preview. That's yeah. the course preview for next year for the Amex if you want the John Rom special. I think he, yep. you know, that's what it's about. And that's why you have guys like Davis Riley going out and putting up his DraftKings score because it is that way. And I know some people will say the same here again. Whoever makes the most putts, the short game, look at last year, just had Patrick Reed win it. On top of the cheating scandal, but he still came through. He had the short game. He won by five. So the joke or the conversation, I guess at the time, was not really a joke. But even if you had taken the strokes away for cheating, he still got there. Like if he still won handily. It reminds me, thinking of speaking of Memorial, of John Rahm with the two strokes on grazing the grass beforehand and still won by seven or whatever and we're one by five and would have won by seven it's just little things like that that you see along the way so a lot more can be said about that but i just think in general that's the difference and when you know what you know about rom is it doesn't matter how like what he finished like just outside the top top 10 last week or something that's on a terrible week for him that that happens and he's right there in the mix on a week like this yes the field's stronger But it still matters of being able to come through for four straight rounds. And I know that's something we're going to talk about when we get into these tiers. So listen, before we get into the tiers, guys, want to give you guys a very special offer from DraftKings Sportsbook. The NFL playoffs are here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is kicking things off with a huge offer. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any championship team to win their game. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets. If your team is victorious, that's right. Bet just $5 on any NFL playoff game and DraftKings Sportsbook will give new customers an additional $280 in free bets. If the team they choose wins their game, if Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have something to play for this championship weekend. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings daily fantasy football contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code FGD, and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code FGD at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. All right, so we're going to get into the tiers, I do want to hammer home just a couple of things if we weren't clear enough for whatever reason a couple of things you know Ryan mentioned one. North course South course everybody plays one each we will talk some strategy with that or at least I will in a second Think just some thoughts I have and i'll get your. Thoughts on it as well bear off but just there's that so after the first two rounds, the cut happens top 65 and ties and then they move on and play the South course all weekend. Of course, last year, the US Open was here. Rom went on to win it. We'll talk about him in a second, talk about his first win here back in 2017. And then last year, getting the first major off his back. That's sort of cool, you know, just a little stat to have. But everyone knows Rom is the play, like you said, as well. Um, just going into it, the second part, kind of just running through this upper tier, Um, you know, the strategy-wise, I was mentioning the courses. You mentioned weather. Having to have a good round on the north course has been extremely important in the past. But I want to get your thoughts on this because couple things come to mind and I've seen it in the past. This is a trend. Don't care too much about the trend, but I do want to ask just your thoughts on it. Like eight of the last 11 started on the South, then played the North, crushed over the weekend and got through. And that's where the winner, we're talking winners here. That's where the winners came from. But the three of the 11 that did not do that was the last three years I feel kind of like standing at a roulette table well it's been read eight times in a row it's got to be the got to be black now right but it, it's not the case they did make some renovations to the north course as well so I'm wondering maybe that had some stuff to play into it as well but just thoughts in general on the trends and the stats when it comes to those two courses and the rotation um
1: yeah I mean unless there's any sort of weather I'm not going to factor it in at all right if I had to explain it I mean it's hard to get off to a fast start i guess right so it might be easier just to kind of grind out that first round around even bar on the south course and then shoot four under the second day on the easy course um but i don't make any decisions on my lineups based on that no
0: yeah i'm thinking i will run just some some wave stacks it's not too mm-hmm. often throughout the season that we get that opportunity and i think you said it best and kind of how i feel but i actually had one of my best pga weeks here ever a few years ago and i remember because by the way i'm gonna drop the nugget it's also my birthday week if you want to send any presents my way but i i had some good luck i've had some good luck on my my birthday my daughter's birthday things like that and i remember it quite fondly because i played south course north course was the rotation when at the time and what i thought of was everything you just said i think what if you can like everyone says i oh, play the easy course get five or six under there's no way you can mess that up on the south course on friday right You'll make it make the cut. No. What happens is they get a good score. They try to protect it on the tough track, and next thing you know, one mistake leads to another, and they fall apart. I think, like you just said, Ryan, could be more important where you get the good little even round on the south course, grind through it. It's a bitch. You you grind through that, feel good about it. Now you get finally some easy course on Friday. Again, we'll have to see what weather does, but the point would be, and now Back to my original point. Well, I'll bring this up. Another elephant in the room, if we didn't make it clear, this week runs Wednesday to Saturday. That's why I originally brought up the football conversation. They are not going to compete with the championship games on Sunday. So, actually, what I was talking about was Wednesday, Thursday this week. Friday will be the first day after the made cut for those that make it. So, keep that in mind. But the point being still stands. Get through your round on Wednesday on the south course. Grind it out go on Thursday, be able to play this easier, quote unquote, easier North course, get through that. No problem and breeze through the cut line. And then just whatever happens over the weekend, but six to six, as always will be more imperative. The obvious spoken there, of course, but you get it. I think that strategy can be sound. It's not too many times throughout the season that we get opportunity for wave stacking and that, unless there's severe weather, this is one spot where I think the double course rotation actually helps versus last week, much tougher when there's three courses in the mix. So Let's move on, though. Let's go here, Ryan. We'll get right into it. We've got who we talked about already a bunch, John Rahm at the top, 11-2. Another guy right after him that you're that you're usually pretty high on as a golfer in general, Justin Thomas, 10-9. And then, of course, all the way down to your boy at the bottom. You'll we'll get to the others in between. But Daniel Berger, 10,000. Really good event. Last time out, he's been having some good run through the swing season. I know a lot of stuff is out there now with stats in relation to weighted stats. Rick Gaiman posted some stuff. I, I've said this forever about Berger. It's You know, he plays all the stronger fields that's why when he goes and plays next week's event last year the at&t pebble, ba- pebble beach pro-am and ships it it's not a surprise because the tournament is much wor- much worse as far as strength the field goes but what are your thoughts on this five-figure range up here i mean i
1: i think you got to make a decision on on rom first and foremost um i will have rom i'll be <laughs> overweight on rom i might lock rom because you can still pair him with another stud because the pricing is pretty soft this week um, so I mentioned, you know, Rom has the best scoring average on, on the North course. Um, we don't have a lot of rounds there, uh, but on the South course, if you remove Adam long, who's played that course, a total of one round, uh, Ron also has the best record scoring average strokes gain on the South course. So I think it's, and he played fine last week, obviously. Right. So I think you're playing him. Um, I think JT is really interesting. You know, as you said, I always play JT. I will probably have some this week but I find myself really drawn to Dustin Johnson for $600 less and probably a much lower ownership. Um, We haven't seen him in a while at the Zozo. He had a very mediocre, I think it was like T46 or something. Uh, But if you look at that, he opened with a 74 and then he shot like 66, 66, 67. So if he had done that in round one, he would have been tied for third and I think we'd be having a different conversation. Um, So for me, it's, it's probably Rom. And then DJ and then JT, which I guess means no Hideki, no Xander, no Burger. Uh, Burger's overpriced. There's no doubt about that.
0: Yeah, I think like you said that that was why I was going to bring it up with Burger, and I brought it up with you. It, it's a good, it's a good stat line if you want to go look at models and numbers and everything's going to pop for him. And you look at what was it? I think it was four sixty sevens, whatever he drew up. Again, totally different course. Yeah. It's a, a huge scoring fest versus this. But his T to green game has been so sound. Did you have something else? Well,
1: I think with Berger, like, I mean, not to, like, it's not to typecast him, but Honda and Sony and Hilton Head and Memphis, they're these shorter, narrower, windy Bermuda tracks, right? This is the polar opposite of that. Like, not that he can't play well here, but I'm not going to pay 10K for him. I would probably, you know, if, if he was 8,600, yeah, I'd probably have some.
0: He, he's not a 10K golfer
1: on this golf course in this field. There's no way.
0: The, the argument might be that people will pitch to you, though, is what about at the U.S. Open? Played it, you know, full conditions, T7 for Berger there. Again, the winning score was six under. We remember the great ending there out of the bunker. Ron yep. had to make that decision to beat Louis Eustace. <laughs> Unfortunate <laughs> for him, but you know how it goes. You know, English, Morikawa, Guido Brooks, those guys were all up there, Xander, and then Berger with Scheffler. So uh, I guess that would be the argument, but again, like you said, 10 K, it makes it a bit tough. And when you just have to go up $1,200 to get John Rahm and there's going to be guys we like below him as well. I, I tend to agree with you some there. Anything else yeah. you want to add on your boy? Well, I think us open
1: setup's is going to be a little bit different too, right? There's always going to be an added premium on, on, on driving accuracy there. And here yeah. at this event, it's all about driving distance, right? Like, yes, he can probably make some birdies. He's going to scramble pretty well. Po is not his best surface. He's not long. Um, He's just not a 10K
0: golfer in this field. Yeah, I agree. I think you made some very good points there. Actually, separate to that, just in general, like you said, it's is he gonna get make the cut? Probably. Is he gonna pay off 10K and be someone that you absolutely need come Sunday? Probably not. Right. That's like that's a better way of putting it. With all the features that you added in, as far as what we expect to see, and then the comparison to the U.S. Open conditions. So. I like that. I'm with you on the two of the, I like the two at the top DJ. I struggle with, I definitely did not struggle clicking the bet button this morning at 22 to one. I thought that was pretty simple. You, you had messaged me and it was already done. So I liked that call. I, I just wasn't as high on him here. I just worried more about the play. I guess the other conversation piece is about not playing, I should say. And then the other conversation piece is around Xander, all the media that gets thrown around of growing up here, high school course over a hundred rounds played Anything there with that? Or, you know, do you think he'll go less owned than normal just because people are so into Rom here? And would that be a reason to move to him? Or any other thoughts on Xander before we go on? I mean,
1: yeah, if you're looking for a reason to play Xander, I'm probably the wrong person to ask. I don't play him. Uh, I, don't, I don't play him at this price point. Obviously not a course he's done well at, for whatever reason, historically. Um, and again, I'm just going to have a ton of Rom and DJ and some JT, so everyone else is just kind of left out.
0: Yeah, and that brings us to the 9K range. Anyway, I'll flip to you again right here, but we got Bryson down to Leishman. You're usually the Leishman whisperer, so we could start there, but at the same token, you just mentioned playing a couple of these guys up top. Does it seem right now, again, we've only got two nights to sort of sleep on this thing, so it's kind of a first look, but kind of you got to make some decisions, and you're getting there, it sounds like, but do you think this range will go overlooked because of that, and then are there guys in this range that you like?
1: Uh, there's only two, and uh, luckily for me, they're all the way down at the bottom. Uh, So it would be Zalatoris and Finau, I think. Uh, I see the argument for Mark Leishman as well. Um, But like when you're saying for $100 more, you can get Finau and Zalatoris, it's kind of a no-brainer for me. So I will sprinkle in those two if I do mass enter. But again, it's going to be a lot of double stud teams for me this week.
0: Yeah, kind of like some of the guys at the top. I guess Scheffler, going back to that example I just gave at the U.S. Open, definitely different conditions, but you mentioned just the distance can help. A guy that can go low on the north course, I think of him, like just an example where you're taking on some risk and he's expensive, but if you get that out of him, like, I don't know, I think I would feel better playing a guy like Scheffler over a burger for 500 less, and I know I'm still taking on risk, but at least I feel like he could pop that 64 out or something on the north have himself a grind through the South course or vice versa, and then be able to make it happen over the weekend. You never know. And I know a lot of people are betting him at 30 to one as well. Any, any additional thoughts on him? I think the same
1: arguments there for Sam Burns, right? Like you talk yep. about a guy who he can just pop randomly because he's just really good. He makes a lot of birdies. He can score. Um, but yeah, I, I, I kind of agree. Like if I was looking at that Brooks Burns, you know, speed range uh, I would take Sheffler overall for sure.
0: Yeah. And one thing I'd say about that too, I agree with you hundred percent, but just like, you know, I'm more fine with kind of how you mentioned up top, Matsuyama, Shoffley, Berger. Like if I'm not playing them and I don't care that much, yes, I'm going in on ROM, but if I drop, if I put ROM with a nine K guy, I think those lineups are, they set up perfectly fine for a course like this and you can put in some Burns, some Scheffler, you know, Finao, who you mentioned, Will Zalatoris. you can get lineups like that, no problem. And still have plenty of guys down below that you can play comfortably where again, they can definitely get hot enough to make a cut for you. And then maybe not Davis Riley type points from last week at T59, but still come through and get you a top 40, top 30, and be in the mix. And at courses like this, sometimes that's all it takes. Again, being back to a two-day cut here, that's going to be important to get those extra two rounds over the weekends. Anything else in the 9K range? If not, we can move to the 8K range.
1: Um, yeah, I'm going to take a hard stance here and say that Jordan Spieth will miss the cut. Uh Absolutely don't like the scores fit for him at all here. And he's coming off of one, having a baby Two, the last two times we've seen him basically been dead last. Uh, pretty sure he missed the cut here last year as well. Just, it just doesn't seem like a speed
0: track. It is a bold take though, because right now the reigning champion for most cuts made on the BGA tour is Jordan Speith, with his last missed cut being 20 cuts ago at this tournament. So Bold, maybe not bold for the fact that it was here, and you're saying he'll go again. But it's still Jordan Spieth on 20 made cuts in a row. I think yep. it's pretty bold. And then don't forget about Finau. People, people might not know Milton Poha Finau is Tony Finau. That is his real name, and we're back here, so I think you could see some Tony Finau love out there. He'll be popular, though. That's how it always is. But I like that call. Another guy I like though is right below him. He'll probably get some some ownership as well. But Taylor Gooch at 8,900. But then this range, I want to talk to you about this bear off because Reed, Wolf, Homa, all these guys are getting brought up. And for me, like I'm, I go through three or four different sources to try and see what I like about a guy, and I'm just not seeing enough on any of them. And I think they're going to be popular. Reed won here last year, still played okay the first couple of events out. Wolf terrible last week, but I already saw Ben Coley post him out. People are going to talk about how they'll give him a free pass. This course fit is better. Uh, you go back, I believe, last year T15 at the major here so there's going to be that factor brought up and then Homa pretty much fits all the stuff that goes with it except for the fact at the majors it's been more of a challenge but the last two times here in general winning the genesis at Riviera California guy all those factors what are your thoughts on this 8k range and those guys particularly there Reed Wolf and Homa
1: Yeah this is a very tough range um I could see it going kind of going both ways I actually don't think Reed's going to be very popular so if you like him and you want to gamble on that on the course history, uh, I do not think Reed's going to be very popular. Uh, just kind of going through these, I would say I'm, I'm, I'm out on Gooch, uh, probably out on Connor's here. I never played Matt Wolf. I totally agree this is a better course fit for him, undoubtedly, but I don't think the ownership's going to be that much lower. you know like he may not be 21 percent like he was last week, but if he's 15, 18 percent, I, I still don't have any uh, desire to play that. Um, I like HoMA seen a lot of people bet him, so he could get a little bit popular. I, I think if I had to pick one here just based on course fit and low ownership, it's probably Ryan Palmer. Uh, I think he's going to be a popular name, and maybe you see him bet, and maybe you see people talking about him. But people aren't going to pay 8100 for Ryan Palmer in this field. There's just no way.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. We talked about it earlier where John, if you expect John Rom go to go to go well, which we do, then it's always a good idea to pair a little Ryan Palmer with him. And I think that makes a lot of sense. And the point that you made, I always said this, it's been one of my sayings for a long time now, is people will talk about him, but will they click the button? And that's the thing. When you've got all those other guys around him, I really don't see it. I think actually Mav McNeely will get more love here too. And maybe for good reason. If you look at some of his stats and his comparables, I think he could make some sense. But I do think more will go to Homa. I agree with you on the Reed thing as well. I think for whatever reason, people just don't like to go back to that or they'll be able to convince themselves that, look, it was all short game. That's the thing. I know if Kenny was here, he's talked about it plenty of times. He he probably loved Reed because, realistically, he's cheap enough, he's played okay, and he always loves Reed on longer, harder courses. And that's exactly what we expect to see here, three out of the four rounds. Again, it's yep. still Patrick Reed. Anything can happen, but coming off the win here last year, it's tough to say, so I, I don't hate that. I like uh, McNeely down at the bottom. I love the Palmer call, but I want to get into the 7K range because I know there's a guy right at the very top that you mentioned to me today. And, and I heard you mentioned earlier about having a bunch of Francesco Molinari last week. I missed the memo on Molinari, but that was, that's okay. We can get back on track this week here together. You like Justin Rose, though, I think this week. What are your thoughts on J. Rose and then the guys down below, maybe down to 7,500? We'll start there. Yeah, so,
1: so I think Molinari last weekend I'm probably going to go back again this week, even though it's not a great course. But, you know, Molinari, he's now living in California, obviously not uh, not playing a lot. But he gets to a course like that. It's a pretty easy setup. It's all about ball striking. It's a pretty weak field. Like, you know, I thought that was a fair price for him last week. Um, but, yeah, I I, I really like Jetson Rose. You know, he he started to find something towards the end of last year. Ball striking came back a little bit. He played well at the hero. Not that that matters all that much, but he played okay last week. You know, he had a triple bogey. I think he had a double bogey. Uh, But then yesterday the final round was his best ball striking round in years. Uh, I think he gained almost three shots approach, a couple of shots off the tee. He's coming to a course that he plays just as well as about anybody here. Um, Obviously he's one here likes tough golf courses. Um, I just think it makes a lot of sense. And uh, like you said, People might mention his name, but for 7,900, I don't think they're going to click that name very often.
0: It's been a long time since people have been clicking Justin Rose's name at a high enough <laughs> clip for to matter. So I definitely yeah. can get behind that. I think that's a good call. And like you said, just tough tracks in general, it's always a risk. But when you think about the other names, you're clicking in this range, like Keegan Bradley, Siwoo Kim, Billy Horschel, Mackenzie Hughes, all these names, why not Justin Rose? So I, I got to mm-hmm. agree with you on that one. Going down to some of the others here, uh, not too much, maybe some Lanto. I don't know if your thoughts on Tringali doesn't really seem like a great spot for him, but the you know my thoughts on
1: Tringali.
0: Well, I do, but I'm (laughs) saying I think others will think differently, and I think others will still like. You know, the price tag is now seventy six hundred. They've seen consistency. They'll look at cuts made things like that, where they'll want to factor that in. So I could see that being a more popular play, even like Molinari played good last week, but I think more people would think on the other side that it's not going to continue or it's not as good of a fit or whatever you might find. Now the one note for Molinari again, even last year, wasn't really playing good, but then came T13 at the U S open again, like you said, sort of a grinder's paradise, as I called it last week, that would fit the mold as well. But these two guys, I want to ask you about here at the bottom, because they're popping up in, everything, the early stuff, the models, all of that, but Luke List and Aaron Wise, again, tougher names to click. Sometimes there's a little bit more risk associated with those names, you know, some putter letdowns and a guy like Luke List, but they are popping up. And when you are looking at T to green stats and things like that, whether you're looking last six months, I know the big thing last week was don't look at the last 50 rounds because sometimes those rounds are from three years ago, but look, look at the last Six months for some of these guys. You look at the last, you know, 50 rounds in general, the numbers that pop for every site out there right now, List and Wise look to be pretty popular and showing up everywhere in good shape. What are your thoughts on those two guys?
1: Yeah, I, I can certainly see why. Uh, it's, not, it's not close for me. It's Luke List of the two of them. Uh, I will definitely be playing him. It's, it, it's kind of interesting because like in my model that I ran today, all the names popping in the sevens are like the worst names there.
0: <laughs> oh like
1: i, I can I tell mean, you i know. like list i like hoagie i like molinari uh it's just gonna be one of those weeks where you just have to kind of play those names um yeah i like i like Wyndham clark who popped a little bit last week i think he's a great fit here in terms of a guy who just bombs it plus well uh poe is his best surface so yeah it's a lot of gross stuff here
0: there is I saw Johnny Vegas popping up again after missing mm-hmm. the cut last week. The, the Wyndham Clark one's pretty strong, actually. If you look, just everything he's been doing the last four times, yeah. he, he, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, yeah,
1: I he came out of nowhere last week. I, di- I didn't have any of him last week. Apparently, people did. Uh, he he played well, and then you dive into it, and he's got the distance, he's got the poa. Uh, Pedigree, And I think in that same mold, like you have Cameron Davis right there too. We talk about a guy who is long, makes birdies, dominates par fives. He's been playing pretty well. Like I'm going to go for those guys in terms of a kind of boomer bust roster construction with Rom and someone else.
0: Yeah. I like that call. And I like uh, the Hoagie call as well. Just sticking with him. If I was going to stick with someone again who has the game can have the upside, he could pop the low score out on the North course when it matters. Like there's a lot of upside for a guy like him. So you got Hoagie, (laughs) Uh, Cam Davis, who you mentioned I like. I like the Wyndham-Clark call. I saw some mentions of, uh, you know, going back to Swafford. People just never seem to do that after a win, right? But this is one of those more interesting spots where it's not like when JT wins and then comes out as the highest-priced golfer the next week. This is Swafford wins. He still has length. He looked pretty good last week. All the stats line up. And now back at 7,200. Any interest in him? And then what about Hoffman and Patrick Rogers? That was two other guys I had here that I wanted to talk about.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I probably will not go back to Swafford. I think again, he got he got the price hike, he got the win, and we're coming to a completely different golf course. I don't even know his history here. I haven't looked into it, but imagine it's not so good. Um, I will probably gamble, play some Hoffman. Uh, he's obviously from San Diego. He's played okay here before. Obviously, an excellent ball striker. Patrick Rogers, I mean, yes, makes sense. He got a pretty good short game. Is it fun to play Patrick Rogers? No. no. Um, like, I would, I would probably rather play Tam Champ, who's like just as bad. Or, like, I'd hell, I'd rather go back to Gary Woodland who missed the cut last week. Like, <laughs> so we talk about flop lag all the time, right? You play a guy yeah. one week, he missed the cut. And then he, same thing with Hoagie last week, right? Everyone played him at Sony, opened with a 66, and then missed the cut on the number. Why did they give up on Hoagie? And he punished them last week. You might see the same thing with Gary Woodland this week.
0: Make a note of that. I think it's an interesting one for sure. The flop leg is definitely real. We see it all the time. And like, if you liked him last week, this, you know, it was because of the club down aspect, you know, we talked yeah. about it. I thought that would work. It did not. It was an angle, right? He loves now, like golf you said, course.
1: He plays well yeah. here all the time. Like, yeah, he's won a major in California. Play Woodland. Don't give up.
0: Yeah, I like that call. What about Mickelson in California? <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you I didn't somebody? say
1: play the guy who was dead last. Yeah, Okay. Uh, <laughs> absolutely no Mickelson here.
0: And I got one more flyer that I'll continue to ride this guy. I've been playing him a lot. I know our guy Skyler at Skyhawk does the show there with Tom Jacobs. You guys should check that out right here on the Mayo Media Network. I know Tom had the Peters pick last week, Tom Jacobs, which was awesome to see. And Skyler is a big fan of Alex Smalley. A few guys on Twitter like Mm -hmm. him, he's he's not well-known, but the guy has played some pretty solid golf. He's sort of in that mid-range of what will show up, but I think he could could still show up here, and he's 7,100. You like him at all? I've played a lot of
1: them. I, I think again, last week was a better course kind of iron play, not as long, not as difficult. I don't, I don't think he's a poet guy at all. So again, I'm I'm probably going to play him more when we get back to the East coast.
0: Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. And I think that's a good way to put it too. going down into the 6k range this week. I believe it's 83 guys, maybe a few more once we get the, it'll be 87, I guess, once we get the Monday queues in, which we're definitely going to talk about for a second later on. But you've got at the top here, Adam Svensson hurt my feelings last Sunday. I got, uh, I had a lineup that was a runner in the big $15 on DraftKings. He posted a 75 on Sunday, still finished like top 40 or whatever. And it was just one of those weekends where if you had that go right, that would have at least made me profitable, maybe not ship the thing, but it would have been nice to have that happen he's here there's a bunch of names down here though so it's more of pick who you like and we can go through it but what do you like in the 6k range yeah i i
1: like him a lot i'm i'm absolutely i have talked about flop lag i mean not that spenson was bad last week right i'm i'm gonna go back to spenson absolutely um i'm kind of have to go back to hayden buckley too if that's what yeah you're do. i was gonna say but i i don't think it's as good of a course for him but you know he's shown enough that i think he can play at a lot of places um i'm going to play the same guys i'm going to play bramlett again <laughs> yeah um, okay. and then i'll tell you who we need to play this week you we talk about guy who's played tough golf course as well guy who can score guy who's very long has a decent short game one more hint: he's from canada uh, tender taylor our yeah. guy yeah hey and this and guy's he, played well in majors he is long as hell he makes a lot
0: of birdies I was shocked that his prices were slow. low uh I think it's a great time to play Taylor Kendrick. I thought we'd already talked to but I thought you were going to bring up the original unicorn Jared Dutrois that just played his way <laughs> into this that's your guy from way back I think it's like four yep. or five years now maybe further back you were literally writing articles at the first time, article I wrote was, yeah yeah. And that was the original unicorn. I think it's the first time I ever really, you know, learned about you or like found you on Twitter yeah. and started chatting or whatever. And I, I think that was it. And it was just funny to see that he played his way in today. Jonathan bird also played his way in today. That's a yeah. couple of the Monday cues that will be more well-known, but yeah, I thought you were going to bring up my other Canadian guy, Jared Duchois, but there, there's not much, I guess for me, like I think there's enough guys in the seven K range But I'm okay with plugging two of these guys in because, you know, you go down to the guys you mentioned, like Bramlett, who I definitely bet at 200 to one. I'll talk about that in a minute. Love the Pendrith call, though. Uh, Definitely, you know, I've talked the story on him in the past, those that don't know, but under Corey Connors wing, you know, living with Corey Connors and his wife, getting, you know, watching Corey Connors come onto the scene and do his thing and sort of had his own little Run there for a bit, but hasn't been doing as much lately. And but again, if you like them all those other times, why go away from it now? bramley yeah. I think you just continue with it. The other guy that goes sort of with your your sorry your Hayden Buckley piece there would be for me Cameron Young. I think he's another talent that you could just play two two wins on the Cornbury Tour last year. Definitely a guy that's capable, and I think he's good all around games. So at sixty seven hundred, he'd be in the mix for me as well. And then after that, there's honestly not too much I love. Is there anybody at the bottom of the barrel that you like, or, or we can move on to bets? No, yeah, I mean, not too much. I'll say one more thing
1: about Bramlett. I mean, he closed with a 67 on the south course last year. So, obviously, you know, it's a golf course he can play. Um, but yeah, like, I don't think you need to drop down too low. because, like, Even if you do want to play ROM and like a 9K guy, like I mentioned, you have a bunch of guys from 68 to 74 or 76 who you can play, and Probably going to be my bill this week.
0: Yeah. And I think that's the way to go about it. I agree with you one hundred percent. Let's move on. Let's go to bets here. I've got six and I'm calling these the NFT bets of the week because there's a very strong sense of community in these bets. So that's why I'm calling them that, but I've got DJ at 22. I could not get the Brooks 40 myself, but I saw Will Zalatoris at 35 and Brooks at 35. I chose Brooks. I know you're eligible to play both, It's a bet. It's against the books. It's not against each other. But I just couldn't imagine hitting the Will Zalatoris button when I can push the Brooks button. I'll try it. It worked at the Waste Management Phoenix Open last year at 40, I believe. Maybe it was 50. I can't remember now. But yeah, 35. Others got it at 40. Great for them. I'm excited. Hopefully we can get there on one of these. I bet a couple others that I didn't talk a lot about, but I like the numbers. Uh, Lanto, McNeely, and Homa, all at 70 or 80. And then the Bramlett at 200. I just can't miss that one if it somehow hits. Like you said, T-18 last year and closed strong on the south course. So at 200-1, I'm with it. And then give us, you know, if you got a, a few, I know you're going to post them on your Twitter, at Arberoff427. You guys should go follow that. And then also the Eurobombs. I know the uh, the Dubai Desert Classic this week. you got to have something for us there, maybe some doubles. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, might as well. That field is still stacked. It's very likely one of those top four or five, six are going to win. You know, you have uh, Rory and Holland and Morikawa and Lowry and Hatton. There's still a lot over there. Um, yeah, I only bet three here. I bet DJ. I think we both kind of saw that one right away. Um, I bet now too. I, I think it's a great spot for him. Um, I like him, but I'm probably going to be underweight just because of the way my roster builds go. So I, yeah, I wanted to get some exposure there. Um, and then I, yeah, I mentioned Justin Rose. I got him at 75 to one. Uh, you add him to the top five there. I, I think it's a pretty valuable bet. Um, I like some bombs, but again, I, I, I just don't think in this field, right? There's just so many guys at the top that I think if I fire a couple bullets after that, it's going to be wrong doubles. So,
0: yeah, I tried the uh, the John Collin, Ron Morikawa double last week and it did not work. So, <laughs> uh, you know, speaking of some of those names over there, I wish I had fired yeah. Peters. Into the doubles and maybe, but it was not going to have Swafford, so it did not matter. In the end, I like that call. You'll post it out like you said on your Twitter all the final bets and numbers and those doubles that you'll have there, which is great. Uh, for one and done, just final. That's we'll round nice. out with that. I'm going to go either. I was going to go Rom and just burn him now because just how good he is, I know it'll be popular, but just take what yeah. I can get from him. Do you think there's any reason to save him and go with a guy like Finau? Because I'm kind of feeling the same thing you just said, where I just don't think I'll have a lot of exposure to him but that's Mm -hmm. the way I could get after him without betting him because I also don't think he wins but at least in one and done he'd have a chance for upside and not have to burn and maybe he does right that's how I get my exposure and hedge but what are your thoughts on saving John Rahm or using him now
1: I'm on the same way I'm 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 taking Fina this week and I will be saving Rom for a major
0: yeah, I guess I've, I've said that wrong. Right. You don't want to really take a guy in one and done if you don't think he can yeah. win. But it is fee now, guys. We're still talking about here. We're realists on this show. We're degenerates, but we're realists. So we got to yeah. bring it up at that point. So awesome, man. Let the people know where they can find you, and then I'll get us out of here. Sure.
1: Yep. Uh, as Tyler said, RB427 on on uh, Twitter. The are open. I will post my bets later on, and I am uh, hopping onto the Golflandia podcast shortly.
0: Yeah, it's always good. It's good to have you guys back. Love Wiley. His, t- his content is awesome. It's just different than everybody else's, so I appreciate that. He just yeah. posted out some good stuff over the weekend there. And so, yeah, you guys know where to find me, on Twitter, at Totag and Tambo. Hit the subscribe button, like button here for the Mayo Media Network for this show. Check out the other show I talked about with Tom Jacobs and Skylar Hoke doing the DP World Championship. That's awesome. And then, of course, over at Run Pure Sports. You guys can check me out there. All the content. We will have a free show, so if you're wanting to check out some of what we've got going on over there. It'll be some of the same from this, but a different perspective might have big T on the show tomorrow night as well. We're going to do a free show on YouTube on the run Peer sports channel. So check that out. If you want to get signed up over there for all the sports, it's one price. You can head on over to runpiersports.com use promo code. D E G E N 50. That's D 50 to get yourself 50% off the first month. That is it, Ryan. Again, thank you for coming on. We wish Kenny the best. We hope he's okay. Should be back for next week. I was teasing it earlier. I expect him to be back for next week. A lot of good stuff on the go. Another great tournament. Feels like the start of the season. Let's win some motherfucking money. D-Gen Nation. I've been getting dirty money, Jordan Belford. Stacking penny stocks while I'm flipping these birds. Sipping on Syrac, trip them up with the words.